Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our risen Lord Jesus Christ who has brought life and immortality to light. Amen. The message for today, the second Sunday of Easter, rises up out of that gospel reading read a few moments ago from John chapter 20. This is the second Sunday of Easter. Easter doesn't end when uh, night falls on Easter Sunday evening. The message of Jesus' resurrection continues on for an entire season of 50 days, seven weeks, and we are now just beginning week number two, the second Sunday of Easter. Today is sometimes called Low Sunday. Do you know that? Ever heard that before? Called Low Sunday. I knew that and I was trying to figure out why exactly, what's the origin of this. So I did a little research, found out it's a term that's been around for years and years, even hundreds of years, but the origins are a little fuzzy. Best guess is it refers to uh, low energy, kind of low attendance after the high point of Easter Sunday. The gospel lesson for today is always the same year in and year out. It is the story of doubting Thomas. And there's something about the gospel lesson for today, I think, that we can all identify with. And this is so, I believe, because there is something of Thomas in each one of us. We see Thomas in ourselves. As we all know, he's come down to us as doubting Thomas. That may be a bit of a misnomer, but that's the connection right there. Thomas is something of an everyman for every man, every woman, everyone. If we're honest with ourselves, we've all struggled at some point in life with believing what we do not see, believing in what we cannot touch, especially when it comes to faith. There, these are things that are beyond belief, if you will. Think back in your own life, if you will, when you received news, whether it is amazing, wonderful, unexpected news, or whether it was very sobering, very difficult, even tragic news, our mouth drops open. We catch our breath and we say something like, what? That can't be true. There are things that are just too much to take in, and we have difficulty grasping the reality of something that has occurred. That is the setting for today's gospel lesson on that first Easter evening as the disciples, without Thomas, come together, and Jesus enters into their midst, and then one week later, they're back together, this time with Thomas. I'd like to go back and revisit the preaching theme that we had for Lent and Holy Week at the crossroads. And just for today, retitle it, Back 
at the crossroads because as we look at those first disciples and Thomas through the lens of Jesus' resurrection, we are back at the crossroads with this amazing, life-transforming good news of Jesus' resurrection. It is beyond belief. And that is the theme for preaching today. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. You know, those first disciples, they were once again at a critical crossroads on that first Easter evening. That's where today's gospel lesson begins. In truth, they'd been at a lot of these crossroads as they followed Jesus, especially over the last few days. In one way or another, they had all, every one of them, failed the test of discipleship as they turned tail and ran when Jesus was arrested. Some did come out of hiding later on, like Peter, who appeared in the courtyard of the high priest, but then caved in under the pressure as he openly and repeatedly denying ever knowing Jesus. Or like John, whom we are told stood at the cross of Jesus together with Jesus' mother and Mary Magdalene. For the most part, though, the disciples were a very dispirited, very disillusioned group of folks on that first Easter evening. Even though they'd been told by the women who were the first witnesses of the resurrection, they'd been told that Jesus had been raised from the dead just as the angel said to them, but they didn't believe it. It was beyond belief for them to think, to grasp, that Jesus could now actually, really, truly be alive. No doubt they wanted to believe this, but like us, they really weren't sure they could believe this. And that's all about to change. We get a pretty good picture of how the disciples felt on that first Easter evening. The gospel lesson begins, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Well, they themselves were Jewish. It wasn't the Jewish people in general. It was the leaders, the authorities. They were in hiding here behind closed doors that were locked up tight. They were in fear for their lives. After all, if the authorities did to Jesus what they did, they might just do the same thing to those who were with Jesus. So they were in this state of high anxiety and great fear. In our own lives, when we are <clears throat> locked away because of fear, we turn in on ourselves, don't we? We kind of shut everyone and everything else out because we're in survival mode. We're just doing what we need to do to get through it. And it's precisely then 
that the crucified and risen Savior comes into their midst, as he comes into our midst when we're locked away because of fear and anxiety. And the first word, the first word out of Jesus' mouth is what? Did you catch that? What does he say? Peace be with you. I think you could have knocked those disciples over with the feather <laughs> of all the things they might have been expecting Jesus to say, that was not one of them. They undoubtedly expected to be operated, to be rebuked for their faithlessness, but that's not what Jesus said. It's not what he did. And here is hope for people like you and me today, that when our risen Savior comes to us, when we are locked away behind closed doors, eaten away by fear and anxiety, when we are expecting to be chastised and condemned for our faithlessness, Jesus comes into our midst and he says to us what he said to them. Peace be with you. My friends, that is the Easter gift which Jesus brings to you today. Peace, which passes all understanding. Peace, which the world cannot give. So how did the disciples know that it really was Jesus? I mean, an empty tomb could mean any one of a number of things, right? And because they were so agitated in such a fear of anxiety, in such a state of fear and anxiety, maybe they were just seeing something that wasn't really there. What convinced them, what moved them from uncertainty to belief was seeing Jesus' nail-pierced hands and his wounded side. That's when they knew it was really Jesus. But what about Thomas? He wasn't there to see all of this. And so when they told him, he said, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. It's a pretty strong statement. And this is where we see ourselves in Thomas or Thomas in us. We too may stubbornly refuse to believe except we see for ourselves. And this is where I think no matter what state or where you may be from, really, we're all from the state of Missouri, the show me state, because we want proof, we want evidence, show me, and then I'll believe. And again, the Lord Jesus graciously comes into the midst of those disciples a week later. They're still behind locked doors. They got a ways to go. They're a work in progress, like we all are. And Jesus challenges Thomas to come, to see, to touch. 
Now, paintings usually depict Thomas as putting his finger here or touching the wound on Jesus' side, but Scripture does not record whether Thomas actually did this or not. It is silent on that point. Regardless, Thomas erupts into this confession of faith and proclaims, my Lord and my God. Jesus doesn't praise Thomas for his skepticism and his doubt. What he does say is this, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that would be us, you and me, today. All who walk by faith, not by sight. We are those who have not seen and yet believe that Jesus really, truly is risen from the dead, that he lives and reigns to all eternity. As Peter tells us in that epistle lesson for today, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. All of this may be beyond belief, but by the grace of God, we do believe. Against all odds, we believe. Thanks be to God, we do believe. Those closing words from the Gospel lesson, they are a summary of why John the Apostle was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write his account of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a fitting way to close out this sermon today on this second Sunday of Easter, Low Sunday. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.